The Table is Yours podcast contains content that may not be suitable for some audiences, such as themes of violence, swearing, sexual language, alcohol, and death. We advise you to check the episode description for any other specific content warnings. Please, if any sequences or episodes are ever triggering or uncomfortable in any way, we ask you to take a pause from the episode or skip it entirely. It is important that our table is a safe space for everyone, including you. The Table is Yours podcast is a role-playing adventure show where a bunch of friends around a table and, through video call, play tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons. Together, we hope to bring the joy and fun of our game to you, wherever you are, as if you're part of our table. For when you're sitting, creating, and playing with us, The Table is Yours. Hello, and welcome to The Table is Yours, a role-playing adventure show where a bunch of friends sit around a table or through Discord and play Dungeons and Dragons. I am your lovely DM, your GM, your friend, Con Riley. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, you can follow me anywhere at Kryles, and everyone else has their handles places, um, unless they don't want to be found. Don't find me. <laughs> Sid, Andrew. And we are in a new setup today. We moved. Um, which I'm sure you all knew about, but now this is however many months later. Uh, but we have different people at different tables and different discords now. We have Becca and Sid at the table. Hi. And we, went. and we have Heather, Andrew, and Vic over on Discord because we have moved to the East Coast uh, because we hate it. No, no, we miss them very dearly. Um, and Jake's here, but Jake's been at the table the entire time. So, there you go. But with that, a fun fact. Oh, right. Shit, fun facts. Has um, everyone seen Barbie? What Barbie outfit you want to see your character in? <laughs> For fun facts, if you're going to choose a Barbie outfit from the Barbie movie for a character, I'll choose Fiara, and I would give her the camper outfit during the montage of them traveling to the real world and back. But with that, let us meet our furry friends around the table. Uh, This is a different setup, so let's start from... I usually start with my right, which is Vic. Vic, you start. Oh, shit. Uh, hi, I'm Vic. My pronouns are they, them, and I play resident rap boy Terrence Astonis, and I am through Discord now. <laughs> I've been consumed by the internet. The fun fact. The fun fact is I'm on the internet. <laughs> I'm trapped in this computer. I think if Terrence was in an outfit in the Barbie movie... Oh, don't say that, actually. I'm lying, because Terrence would absolutely be Alan. I mean, I feel like that is... Oh, yeah. 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 Hi there, I'm Andrew. Um, I play Wash. Our pronouns are he, him. I'm coming at this with weird energy because it's going through the internet and getting uh, turned out this way. Um, if something about Barbie outfit, I don't know, astronaut Ken. I also think uh, Wash would be a very mojo dojo casa house. Hey guys, I'm Heather Lore. I play Shay Erebos. Um, it's really weird to be on this side instead of at the table, but you know, we're gonna work with it. For Barbie movie, there wasn't enough quite cleavage for Shay. That's fair. Yeah, so we're gonna say, even though it wasn't seen, we're gonna say she would probably do like a bikini or a sports bra booty shorts sort of situation, because I definitely owned both of those when I had Barbies, so. Yeah. You could do the Barbie swimsuit. Oh, yeah, the yeah, black swimsuit. and white swimsuit. Yeah. Oh, true. Oh, true! Ooh, yeah. yeah, the black and white swimsuit with the... Yeah, that one, for sure. Yeah, the iconic classic one. Hi, I'm Sydney. I play Codex Seiru. Uh, she is a wild magic sorcerer. Rune Knight. It's been a hot minute since we've done this. Pronouns? Feel... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. No. <laughs> Calm down. Both of our pronouns are she, her. She is currently using them. I will be her eventually. And then uh, she is a, she's a half Gone. in case you forgot. She's, she's out there. I want to see her in the Barbie courtroom outfit. The, like... <laughs> Plaid? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I play Isabella Falador, Tiefling Paladin Bard. Uh, we use she/her pronouns. 
And my fun fact is that I want to see, Jake and I talked about this last night, Issa in a press outfit that Margot Robbie wore. It's a crop top pink sweater with a high-waisted uh, oh, pink yeah. skirt. Hi, I'm Jake. I play Finley Day Galilee. I am he, he is him. Um, he is a fearful druid. Um, if I were to pick an outfit for Finley from the Barbie movie, it would have to be her journey to the real world thrift shop stealing the pink cowgirl outfit. Yeah, from Venice. With the yes. vest and the pink cowboy bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. And the hat as well. If you do want to find Sid and Andrew in other places with us, you can follow The Table Is Yours everywhere <laughs> at T-T-I-Y right. D-N-D. Uh, that is on all socials. We got YouTube, we got Instagram, we got Twitter. Patreon, please support our Patreon. We have cool things up for you and cooler things, I'm sure, by this point. Um, you support us, we get to give you more cool content like this and make fun things for you. Um, maybe we even put, like, Barbie outfits on Patreon. With that, let us get into the recap of what happened on last episode of The Table is Yours. What story shall be sung today? One can never know how the melody might sound. Our adventurers have already begun to pluck the strings of their story, and their combined composition is unfolding like a road before us. As Finley and Codex stood across from Dark Fury in the ring, Connie, Wash, and I had to heckle and fetch quest the guards below the ring to gain access to the room we believed the Diamond of Chaos was located. Issa eventually joined the fighting, poking the bear more, I fear, as Terence and Cinnamon came chasing after us to where the diamond was. The room the diamond was held in was empty except for a single area of magical darkness where we heard scratching of the talons of the Beast of the Wilds. I wasn't going to let that stop us though, and I I reached for the diamond. Suddenly, I was in a cosmic space where I met the god of chaos known as the Four Variant, who explained that me touching the darkness was unfolding the reality of me. I was being lost to the shadows. In the ring, Codex, Finley, Issa, and presumably Dark Fury's magics were being infected by the diamond's chaos. Codex had no time to realize her magic had returned as all of them were consumed by volatile magic in the fight. At a point, Finley twisted his shillelagh whip around Codex and threw her at Dark Fury. Even though his powers seemed better than the three, he still said he would submit to them. However, Codex told him to kneel, which prompted a vision just she saw of Dark Fury turning dark, with red hands outstretched all around her, saying he'd never kneel to an ant. Calling her weak and small before one of the red hands reached out at her and said her light was out before she lost touch with her magic again. Finley helped Codex up as they and Issa found the others beneath the ring. For the others, they stood there not knowing what to do as I was morphing into shadows. Finley decided to cast daylight, but that prompted the beast to rush away before being seen and the sound of tearing flesh, viscera, and screams was heard upstairs. I came to and Wash carried me as we all escaped a now massacred cow crater. We made camp at night in the wilds, but the beast was after us and in an instant grabbed me and the diamond whisking us away. The other faded fates were shocked, to say the least, before they contacted Fiara and Casimir for help. They explained everything to them. Willow and Rush were on the hunt to search for me as the Demotas took the rest home. From Dark Fury, they knew Seraphima had already donated the other two diamonds to a skinball tournament and said that would be their next point to procure the diamonds as the Chaos Diamond and I were being looked for. The first night home, Fiara pressed Connie for all of the info she had on Seraphima and her entourage to prepare, which brought out the information that Seraphima 
Seraphima had a glove, much like Balthazar's chalice, which she used to steal blood and maybe make wishes with. That night, Codex had a nightmare about the bloody red arms, prompting her magic to surge and return once more. The next morning, Codex suggested going to the 4th precinct to find her gym coach and trainer, an Asuma named Unomia. She told them teaching them skinball for a massive tournament in a month would definitely be interesting. So, with that, we are going to start with Shay. So Shay, the last thing you remember is passing out, holding the diamond, being held by Wash, I believe. Everything kind of goes dark for you when you pass out, until there's kind of this point where there's a, uh, this like fuzzy grogginess that kind of like wakes you. Roll a perception check, just a regular perception check. 23. Okay. The kind of like, uh, almost like um, fading out images and shapes around your area kind of come a little bit clearer. And I mean, I'm sure waking up, you're kind of like, like most people are like, I know I am when I wake up, I'm like, where am I? Um, But (laughs) you kind of realize wherever you are, it's not the wilds. There are, there is nothing but uh, dark foliage above you with little tiny pinholes of light Still all very fuzzy in your image or in your vision, but you know you're not in the wilds. That's what I can at least tell you as you're kind of like a little bit coming to. Sounds kind of start to pervade your ears as you hear what sounds like muffled arguing, maybe? Muted a bit by hushed tones as you feel yourself kind of like almost paralyzed on the ground. You can't really feel your arms, you can't feel your legs. You can feel your heart rate going a little bit faster and you can turn your head and when you turn it to the left a bit it's almost like you realize you are now you you must be on like the ground laying flat on the back uh, on your back on the ground Um, and looking to the left you can see sideways of course from your your vantage point what look like four figures that are all very blurry very hard to make out and there is lots and lots of arguing but what also doesn't help with the blurriness of just your Awakening vision is a very bright white light, and that white light is coming from what looks like one of the figures holding the diamond. As you see them kind of like, it looks like one's holding the diamond and three are kind of like arguing, whispering back and forth, arguing with each other, then with the one holding the diamond, there comes to a point where there's this loud kind of crack and boom as you feel the ground shake, and you watch the one holding the diamond, it looks like let's just say eight tendrils come from behind its silhouette that look like red hands and arms and hands that kind of come out before it covers the diamond and it's gone. That is when you then see the three remaining figures kind of turn to you on the floor and all you see are very similar to the beast you saw before in the wilds. They all have white pins for where eyes would be. Now you do see one of the figures has the like claw-like hands of the beasts of the wilds. You see another one has what look like these lines across their their arms that seem to have leaves and bud budding flowers that kind of glow bright on them. And then another one is holding what looks like some type of small object that has liquid in it. Maybe it's a teacup. You're not sure. They they quickly turn their gaze to you after that figure with the red the red appendages leaves 
and they're slowly kind of walking in synchronicity to you uh, before you hear what sounds like this large bark and growl as you see this white wolf scoop you up in its its teeth and darts away. And we'll pick up with you in a second. So, uh, for Finley, Issa, uh, Codex, Wash, Terrence, Terrence very much so, uh, and Connie, you all kind of like, imagine you've done your first test run of Skinball, and everybody but probably Codex and maybe Issa are sweaty and confused and are tired. <laughs> and you know Mia kind of just stands there, that that, that Asimar woman, uh, tan, a little grizzled, older, uh, with some gray in her blonde hair, is kind of just like, Alright, does it make sense? Because so far you guys look like you don't know what the fuck you're doing and it's pissing me off. Yeah, I think Terrence is probably like lying starfished on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is like, he just like holds up a thumbs up and is like, unlock, I guess. <laughs> okay, um, so you do know something is if you're gonna take those uh, drugs you have, um, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, one, do it discreetly, two, uh, definitely don't do it in a place where anybody who would recognize that as something that seemed... Because I don't want to assume something, but what I will assume is that you had something to do with the involvement of what happened to the massacres, because that's... Ex- hey, listen, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't My me. neighbor's kid, that's what happened to her son. Uh, so... It wasn't me. <laughs> right. Uh, so just be careful with that short stuff. You, tattoos, um, ears. How do you come? <laughs> Pointing at Finley and Wash. All right. So um, I'm still a little confused... We're not allowed to focus the person. No, no, you, you okay? You can focus the person, but the thing is, uh, so we're going to do two weeks of intensive training. Um, okay, two weeks. So just get ready for that, and then two other weeks is going to be a round robin competition to see if we can actually get you into the finals. Which, looking at now, you know, so we'll be good. No, we'll be good. Yeah, it'll we'll be, be fine. Good. No, we'll we're going to be fine. Yeah, we're, be, we're good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Horns. Oh, Me? Um, um, horns? Horns? Ears? 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 What? There's, there's, okay, there's a duo of ears, a duo of horns. You. Ears and Pointing horns. Pointing at Finley. Ears and horns. Right. I feel fine, but you've said a lot of words that did not stick in this little brain of mine. Skin ball. Throw it. Into the grave. Pretty easy. How can I throw the ball if I'm holding the fish? Yeah, okay, okay. So... Hi everyone at home, sorry to interrupt, but thought maybe it would be best to give you all a quick crash course on what the heck Skimball as a sport is. So it's pretty simple, you have your basic field, the parts of the field are known as the yard and the ward. The ward holds the goal, also known as the grave, which is this huge metal bowl basically that can be rolled to either side at the back end of the ward. The yard is in the middle of the field, and in the middle of that is this little fancy little place we call the blood pit. A place where, you know, people be stabbing. It gets crazy in there. For the tournament games, you have six players on each team with different roles. You have two rippers, two towers, a warden, and a thief. I know there's a lot of labels. I'll, I'll explain everything. Don't worry. So your rippers are your most agile and athletic members, aka me. They serve as the front line of offense and their main goal generally is to get the ball and break through the line. They get one sword provided to them to help them kind of do work out on the field. Your towers serve as an on-field defense, but they are also super effective at offense if they play it right. They carry huge great shields called bells that are used to either ricochet the skin ball for teammates or hit the skin ball down to kill it so that the field is reset or absolutely clobber someone that's, you know, not looking. Your warden is your goalie, super important.
important and your thief is the grave robber or you know someone that can push the grave back and forth on each side of the ward to help make sure that the other team misses the wardens and the thieves both get padded gloves and their main goal is to work together to prevent the other team from scoring and then we come to scoring which is this whole thing just kidding it's very simple first things first you can't shoot to score from your own yard or own ward it has to be in the opposing team's yard and ward unless it's the blood pit if you can manage to hang on to the ball going into that war zone and somehow score from that far away with you know everything blocking your view and stuff it doesn't matter if you're technically on your team side or not like i said the blood pit kind of kind of anything goes in there but with those areas you score different points each four points from the blood pit three points if you're in the opposing team's yard but outside the blood pit and two points if you're in the opposing team's ward and then for any ricochet off of your own tower's bell is an additional point injuring or maiming people doesn't really give you points but is definitely like one of the most common things that happen in skimball definitely boosts the audience support for you it knocks out an opposing player from the enemy team so they have to get sidelined and healed and honestly it's just the sport it's kind of what we do apparently the upcoming tournament that we're going to be in has a score that only goes to three so i can only imagine that this is going to be pretty crazy anyway that's all thanks for listening to my little uh little little skimball update um wish us luck and he kind of like raises his hand up and then once you know he looks at him kind of like is like scratching the tip of his horn he's like can i throw this shield no Your job with the tower is to hit people, kill the ball. Can I kill people? You, you could. You know, we'll, we'll get it. It'll be fine. We just need a little bit of practice. I think it's all application learning, so it'll be fine. We just gotta... Okay, okay. Yeah. Last thing. Okay, we'll meet up tomorrow, but I'm just gonna say this two weeks prior, just so you know. The holiday's coming up, okay? It's the new year. It's our new year celebration, Zoe Harvest, you know. It's Christmas New Year's in our fantasy land. Um, combined into one. Uh, so do not eat anything that'll make you throw up during round robin, okay? Good. Okay, I'm gonna shut the gym down. You guys. Can. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, bright and early. Thanks, Nomia. Damn it. Like, walks away. Sorry. <laughs> oh, also, for everybody that wasn't there when I exploded this, the, the magic is... I, it's back, and I'm going to cast Mage Hand, and it's just that ugly-ass alley cat, and she, like, holds it, and it just, like, dissociates <laughs> stares into the distance, and then she just kind of, like, drops it and just explodes into fur again, and it's gone. Oh, also... While we're walking back, she's she probably just like full stops because her brain catches up with her. She's like, also, what is everybody's plans for the holidays? I am going to the Balladors. Yeah. Um. Why would you do that? I told Issa <laughs> that if she helps me sneak Fiara and Casimir to the twelfth, so that they can hang out with the the martyrs for the harvest, that I would go to the Balladors. Oh, I was going to invite Fiora to my place for Zohar. Everybody's invited to my house for Zoharvest because we're also going to be doing my birthday and Dogma's birthday. And my dad's... Well, our house is pretty small, but we, we can host. We'll figure it out. I mean, I was going to offer the same thing. My mom and I usually, usually uh, do, like, a big meal. And now I guess we have Rory also, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> this is feeling like the real-life movie for Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> For the harvests. <laughs> Wash, do you have a place to go? Wash starts crying. <laughs> I was just gonna go to what Codex just recently invited us all to. Okay, so I'll be by myself then. Well, 
Not so like... You can come. I want to spend time with my mother. <laughs> she can come. My dad's liked your mom when they met at the thing. Like, could we all, like, congregate at your mom's place for, like, a dinner or something? And then... G- Gabby comes back and says, uh, you guys said you wanted me to pick you up from the gym, right? Is this the gym? Like, he's by a cafe. <laughs> As you guys are returning home, you will see what looks like the doors to the Pale White Housekeep are completely open. Been with Jalesse, uh, your housekeeper, standing right in front, and she looks a little worried as you approach. Is everything okay? What's... Um, well, Miss Erebos is home, and a giant white wolf brought her in. Oh. Oh, okay, that's normal. Yeah, no, that's probably fine. Wait, what? Oh, that's fine. That's Willow. Yeah. What? Oh, right. By that point, you probably see Rush, like, walking down the street being like, I guess you guys heard as well. Um, <clears throat> well, let's go in. And he just, like, walks into your, hu- into your house as if it's his own. Yeah, that makes sense. This fucking guy. We're friends now, though. <sighs> Is she okay? Are you talking to Rush or are you talking to Jaleesse? Rush. Uh, like, you, like, you just got here. <laughs> yeah, we he, just got here, Rush, okay? So no, 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 no. So he just me. got here. <laughs> he basically like, opens his mouth like, like he's gonna be like, what the fuck? But then he like, sighs, smiles. I have also just arrived. And then he, he walks in. That's growth. That's <laughs> growth. Uh, yeah, so as you guys all walk in, um, the one, two, three, four, five, six of you with Connie, uh, Jalesse, and then Rush, um, you walk into the courtyard where you see Fiara, Casimir, and then you watch basically as you're walking into the courtyard. Willow is like D shape shifting back into Willow. On a scale of like Twilight to Wolf Cop, how violent is the <laughs> transformation of her back into you? <laughs> As you walk in, that's kind of what you're you're experiencing. There is, like, Shay on the ground, as Casimir is kind of the one that, like, will be holding her up, so she's not just like, <laughs> Casimir's going to be kind of holding up her upper body and head. That's character growth, too. Yeah. Where's the diamond? <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck is the diamond? I think Issa will go over and try and lay on hands Shay, like, on her shoulders. You, Shay, you are, like, groggily waking up, so take that in whatever way you'd like to roleplay that. Um, there are there are cuts and bruises, and it does look like she had been almost run through. Uh, she's not, like, but the, weirdly enough, it's, like, because you see the rips in her uh, her top as well as, like, because you wear kind of, like, high-waisted pants, right, Shay? Mm-hmm. There's probably, like, a rip or two, like, on one of the waistbands of her pants, and you can see where, where their cuts were, but they look like they're, like, sealed scars now. It's a little hard to see, because obviously she has paler skin, and her scars are pale, um, but they're probably one of the tattoos with very fun, spindly lines that are on Shay. There's probably a scar over one of them. The way that you saw the claws from the beast go through the diamond, or, like, around the diamond and through Shay, that's where it is. Like, that's probably what you check first. There are scars there, but they're already completely scarred. Shay? What happened? I think you might know more than me, honestly. Oh, you just, you had the diamond and then the beast took you and stabbed right through you, but it looks like you're healed from that. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) As you're like watching Issa, your vision kind of cuts in and out, almost like in a very uh, glitch phase. As for a second, you see the four variant kind of cut into frame in front of where Issa was, and you just hear him go, I'm still trapped. Before it goes away. Oh. I hope that's not a normal occurrence anymore. Yeah, you getting scooped up by the beast, I would hope, is not a normal occurrence. Yes, same. Yes. 
Although, I somehow don't think that beast is the scariest thing that I have seen today. What else did you see? Well, there were four. Three. Four? There were three. There were three with the eyes, and I think they were all beasts. And then there was a fourth one that took the diamond. It had a lot of red arms that scooped around the diamond, and then it disappeared. I don't know, and then... Willow grabbed me before I could see anything else. You saw four beasts? Three? I saw four beings. Three of them looked similar than the fourth. They were dark and shadowy and had those pinpoint eyes. One of them was definitely the Beast of the Wilds. One of them I can only assume would be the one from the Grove, because those were some very familiar-looking powers. And then there was a third one holding something shining. But then they were all having to listen to this fourth one that had a bunch of arms and was yelling at them, talking to them, strict with them. I'm not sure, but it took the diamond and disappeared and left them there. There wasn't enough color for anything, but the the bigger, larger being with all of the arms, they were red, and it just... I don't... I, I'm still trying to figure out how it did it, but it engulfed everything and then took the diamond, but I'm still somehow connected to it. What do you mean you're connected to it? I can still hear the god that's in there. So he's still in there? They didn't make a wish? I guess not. He said he's still trapped. I mean, you and Terrence both know what my dream looked like. And that's what it, that's what the thing that was in the um the fighting arena that talked to me, right? When it was said your light is out. <laughs> it was a vision around Dark Fury, but Yes, it looked that, like that thing that said like your that. light is out. Yeah. You heard Dark Fury's voice, but you saw this thing. Yeah, I saw the thing. So you don't know if, like, maybe like the effect of the diamond made him tap into whatever that is? You don't know. Got it. I don't want to alarm anyone, but that sounds... Alarming. Alarming. <laughs> and she, like, rubs her eyes because she's very tired. Because we're all exhausted. Um, That sounds a lot like what I saw in my dream last night. And when we were fighting Dark Fury... In the fighting arena, I saw something like that that talked to me. What did it say? Um, uh, is it important? I probably. Um, it it told me that my light was out, and then that's when I lost my magic again when we were fighting it, and it so that it wouldn't submit to an ant. Because you remember that's when uh, we were all going a little crazy, and I'm told Dark Fury to kneel when he submitted to fighting us. Yeah. Cool. Oh my god, guys! Like, you hear this this noise as you hear Frederic, your little messenger, Aarakocra, kind of, like, fly down into the courtyard. There was this big, giant wolf! Oh, Shay! <laughs> Is she back to play skimball? And we're gonna time skip. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're gonna time skip a month. For two weeks before the harvest, which is our New Year's uh, Christmas combined into one day, it's the start of the year, celebration of the sun god Zaharis and bringing light to the cold world made by the oracle, blah, 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 blah. Two weeks leading up into that, you'll be going to Bald's Brawl every day to work with Eunomia, to train, to learn how to play skin ball. And then probably like the, the weekend of Zaharvest, uh, you will all disperse. Connie will leave before Zaharvest. If anybody tries to stop her on the way out, she's walking out like no no armor, no nothing, and she's just saying like I like she just kind of explains like I'm just gonna go see my parents. I think I should just go see them, and that's it. And she will walk out. Terrence, probably after the harvest dinner, everyone goes. You'll probably hear like what sounds like scratching behind Connie's door. I'm going to open the door. 
Yeah. So, if you open the door, you will open it to see V2 there, who's kind of like, mm, mm, holding what looks like a small note in a canister in his mouth. He probably, like, kind of, like, like crouches down um, and, like, pats V2 on the head and, like, takes the note in the canister out of his mouth. All right. Do you open up the note? Yes. <laughs> no. 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 I throw it in the fire. Terrence, and I burn it. The note is as follows. Terrence, I have some things I need to take care of. Fiara's chat with me in the bath the other day made me realize I'm putting everyone in danger. Take care of V2, just in case I don't come back. He has a list of protocols and will listen to you and only you until I come back. If I come back. I left my notes with you, both on V2 and the armor, and my pact with chartreuse. You'll find the armor in the back closet of the room as well as all my notes on Terry. Do not follow me. I need to do this for myself. V2 will make sure you don't follow. Tell the others what you will. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Cornelia Ruby Russo, comma, one. And on the back of the note is the symbol to chartreuse. So yeah, V2 will just kind of like follow you. Do you go into her room to the closet to find the armor? Um, I mean, yeah, I'll open it and like, I won't take the armor out because I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't know if it's something Terrence would use necessarily. You see that when when you look at the armor, it is like it is the full armor without the cloak. Like it doesn't have the cloak, but it has like the full like metal, like almost like dark dark black iron that or steel. You're not really sure what that uh, that armor is made of. With both arms and legs, which means Connie is without her left leg. She probably put on like something like a peg leg or something. It is missing its back. But you will remember that the back of that armor, like, the back of the armor from the back of the thighs up to the back, like, up to the shoulders is V2. Um, he takes the note and, like, turns it over and is, like, and puts his, like, hand on the symbol and is, like, can I talk to you, chartreuse? You say that and kind of, like, as, like, like kind of green flames come out of the page and then she kind of, like, appears and she kind of crosses her legs, sits on the bed and smiles. You're not who I expected to talk to. Uh, same. Where's, uh, Cornelia? She's gone. What do you mean, gone? I hand her the note. Guy. <laughs> Bit dismal. Um. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think anyone else knows about you. But he kind of just shrugs. <laughs> what is the pact exactly? Unless that's like a... It's fine. Um, I mean, she's the one who roped you into it, I guess. Um, she's the one... Well, she came to me because she had no knowledge of artificy. So I gave her all the knowledge and magic she needed to do it crudely, but herself. So that she could try to learn to make metal into a being. And I said I'd fund it through power. Just out of curiosity. No, like... Soul scrap, like you like like make a fake scroll like out of like thaumaturgy or something, and uh, not after like any scroll signing for a soul or anything like that. Just curiosity to see if she could get it done. I don't know how to do any of that, but I know we had talked about working together to try and figure something out. Well, I mean, if she doesn't come back as it says on the notes, then maybe if you so choose, we could work together. He shrugs, like in like a not in like a I don't know way, but in a like maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just as curious as you are, I guess. I don't know how to do any of this like uh, artif- artificy. 
stuff, but probably rub a couple brain cells together and figure it out. Yeah. Well, you can, uh, I guess, just keep this and touch that symbol if you ever want to talk. That's kind of what you use it mostly for anyway. Alright. Um, I know we met very briefly, but uh, Terrence, and he kind of holds out his hand. <laughs> she does that kind of like, like that, kind of like, awesome. you know. Uh-huh. He takes it awkwardly. <laughs> Chartreuse. We'll take good care of the pup at least until she returns, if she does. Yeah, of course. He kind of like pats him on the side, it's like, dunk, dunk. <laughs> Alright. Then she kind of just like a little awkward looks around and then <laughs> pops away. See ya, I guess. You want to go to my room? And <laughs> to V2. He kind of like cocks his head, like the, like the, like, almost like the walk. Like he does the, huh? And he just follows you. Shay, where do you go for the harvest? Well, if we were going to do a full playthrough, she would definitely go to the Balladors because she got questions. Salvador, actually, if you show up, will probably give you a small gift. You probably don't get a lot of time to talk to him just because Elena, like, it's probably honestly a party at the Balladors. It's not like just family. Yeah. Um, so it's probably Elena walking around with Salvador as her, like, your her arm candy. candy. Yeah, her yeah. arm candy. Yeah. Um, but she, he probably will, like, if he finds out that you're coming because of Issa, he probably will give you this small little token. And it's a broken part of a, of a sword that your father had. So it's just like a broken part of the blade. Like imagine like in Lord of the Rings where uh, it's Aragorn with a sealed doors and it's like all the little pieces. It's probably like one little silver uh, broken off part of the blade. I give him the tome back also. The tome of Berengar? Yeah. Okay. Elena will probably grab you aside for a moment, Issa. She probably is like this quiet, just kind of like sitting there. I don't want to be fighting with you. Okay. And I don't want to be my mother to you. Okay. I'm sorry for yelling and being quite upset at you. I could say, well, you lied to me, but now I realize kind of we had an environment where we never gave you the chance to tell us what you actually felt. Okay. Um, thanks for saying that. I think I didn't like the chance that you had to... You were able to do things on your own volition, and I wasn't. And I didn't feel like it was fair that you get to have those chances, and I never did. And I thought it was coming from a place as a concerned parent, but I think it's coming from a place of trauma. Oh. I had a friend who I grew up with, and uh, my parents didn't, your grandparents didn't like, did not like them very much. And... Mm. I don't think it was anything I realized till much later in life, but it was someone I wanted to be with to get away from it all. And when that was taken away from me, I think I just kind of accepted who my parents wanted me to be and who society wanted me to be. And I thought there are rules and there are things, there are just expectations and rules and guidelines we have to follow by and sacrifice parts of ourselves for. And I think when you were doing something I didn't get the chance to do, but now thought was something we weren't supposed to do, I took it out on you when it's just something we're allowed to do, to experience the way we want to and not the way we're told to. What happened to the person? Well, the reason why my parents didn't like uh, her was because she was sent off to the seventh to become celibate. What? She was a friend, but I think later I realized maybe she was something more than a friend. I went to go visit her the other day, and 
I didn't even recognize who she was. Why did she get sent to the seventh? Well, she was made a very strict nun of the Tide Thorns because I told her that she and I should leave Separaria and go somewhere else and become adventurers. We were twelve. I don't know what to say. Um, I'm sorry. That sounds really hard. It's just something. But it's not fair of me to remove the same freedoms you could have just because they were taken from me. Now, I can't tell you I was in love with her or something. I don't know. Your father and I were speaking about just things after the banquet and, you know, I mean, I can say I loved her in the in a person that meant a lot to me, I can't say we were 12, but I had someone I cared about a lot and wanted to go see things with and it got taken from me. Same. So, and sorry that you felt that way too, because I don't wish that on anyone. Well, I'm sorry that got taken from you and I said what I said. Okay. I didn't expect you to forgive me, but, um, you know, it's the holidays, so I thought maybe, just... You'll always be my daughter and I'll always love you. And... You do not have to reciprocate those feelings, especially with the things that I've done. And I'll try to make amends where I can. The door's always open. She probably sees you kind of, like, lost for words and, <laughs> like, stands up and gets ready to, like, go back to the party. Do you still have... My Sundays? I'll take it back. She kind of like walks up to probably like a coffee table between you and the study you're probably sitting in, probably just puts it on the table. Thanks, Mom. And I'll hug her before we leave the room. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Good. Holiday Elena. There's so much character growth so in this first 30 yeah, minutes. She has, she has this so the harvest happens, as if that was the harvest. Happy Christmas, there's your thing. So after, like, the harvest dinner, everyone, kind of whatever, comes back to the keep and is gathered, I will get everyone together and just say, so, uh, I don't think that, uh, Connie is coming back. I... She left me a note. Um, and... I don't doubt that she's visiting her family, but I don't, th I don't know the full story. But she said she needs to do this alone. So do what? I don't know. Um, she basically said there are some things that she needed to take care of, um, and that uh, her conversation in, in the bath with Fiara the other day made her reflect on some things. But I don't know what exactly, and I don't know what she's trying to do, but she said not to go after her. And, uh, yeah, she left V2 with me, so I don't know when she's coming back or if she's coming back at all. Is V2 with you? Yeah, he's probably, like, next to me. She's gonna give him a little scritch behind his little ears. Yeah, I mean, if I know anything about Connie, it's that she will do what she needs to do. Or think she needs to do. Yeah. And she'll come back whenever she does it. 
I just hope that she doesn't put herself in a bad situation, I guess. That's obviously what she's doing. I know it's what she's doing. But I... She can handle a bad situation. I just hope that she knows what she can handle. When to pull out. Maybe we'll hear from her if she needs help. Yeah. I just figured I'd tell you. Because I think it's going to be just us. For a while. Maybe after all of this stuff we can go check on her? If she's still not back? Yeah. I mean, we can try. I don't know. She said, again, she said not to, to go to her. Well, also, I don't know where go to her is, you know? I can assume, but uh, I think our paths will cross again, regardless, you know? Yeah. Our shit seems pretty in line. I think she just wanted to maybe cross some things off a to-do list <laughs> before we got there. I mean, if my aunt was Seraphima as well, I would like to do a few things before I saw her again, too. Yeah. So, hopefully, she'll get done what she needs to get done. And rejoin us, and we can all take it on. But what if the thing that she's taken care of is thinking that she's just going to go march up to Seraphima and take care of it? She's not that dumb. Is she, though? She's dumb enough to go off alone. She had all of us, and she didn't ask for anyone. She's had you all helping her this whole time. And you just had that moment not long ago of, we are here for you. We care about you. You are our friend. I think, even still, I do think that that got through to her. But I think even still, there are all things in our, every one of our lives that we would rather take care of by ourselves. I can't blame her for that. If it's personal. Agreed. So, the most we can do right now is hope that she reaches out to us if she does need help, and hope that she's okay. But if she decides to make this choice for herself, I'm not going to chase her down. You know? Not in a way that means I don't care about her, but in a way that I mean you chose this, and as your friend I'll respect that. That's my thought at least. Dips on her room. <laughs> so, what happens the next two weeks after the harvest is the round robin competition to get to the semifinals. They are only choosing four teams. It is two weeks of round robin, which is a bunch of like you explain, Becca. Okay, so there are sixteen teams <laughs> in the tournament, and we do a round robin for uh, uh, two weeks. So every day you have two games because you're playing all other 15 teams in like a round robin. So like, you know, the one seed plays 16, then they play 15, then they play 14. So each weekday we have two games. So it's like two, four, no Wednesdays, six, eight, Thursday, Friday. And then it's Monday again and you do, <laughs> you're not playing on Wednesdays, you get a break. Uh <laughs> God! Okay. This is actually why Issa has a sore throat right now. It's one, Finley hit her in the throat with a skin ball at practice, and two, she's been yelling about the round robin for the last week and a half, and still no one gets it. You play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for two weeks. On Friday, the last day, if you're in the top eight of the 16, 
you go to the quarterfinals, which is that afternoon. Okay. We're in the top eight. Yep. It's the second Friday of the tournament. It's the afternoon. The top eight teams, one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus five, and no, three versus six, and four, four versus five. five. There's four games all simultaneously because there's a bunch of fields. The four teams who win those games advance to the semifinal tournament, which starts um, the next day on Saturday. Uh, the Faded Fates in the quarterfinals played like the shoe-in. Everyone thought they were going to win the tournament. Their name was the Eagles. Go Birds! <laughs> Woo! Go Birds! And the Faded Fates beat them. Got and it. it surprised everyone. And the Eagles fans were super sad. The, and they the, set a bunch of cars on fire. fire to a lot of things. <laughs> they set a bunch of cars on fire. Gabby the Cabby lost his home. The other big thing to note in this one, the, there are two teams that are top of the league. And the two teams that are top of the league are Maidenless Behavior and the Shrieking Eels. Now, the bad thing was, Maidenless Behavior and the Shrieking Eels were the last two, were, were team four and five in the, were the last eight. And Maidenless Behavior knocked out the Shrieking Eels, which gave a space to another team. Uh, probably most people would be like, these faded fates are new. They got that spot because the Shrieking Eels were kicked out by the meaningless, by meaningless behavior. Uh, but your final teams, the, the top four teams that are going to be in the semifinals for this tournament to win two diamonds that everyone just thinks they're diamonds that are worth like, and probably total people think they're worth like 20,000 gold. Um, that's what people think they're, they're playing for, but you guys know the, the sad truth, the brevity of it all. Um, but the sad truth, yeah. The four teams that are at the top that'll be competing in the semifinals tomorrow after your little Unomia, okay team, this is this is the final meal. <laughs> um, right. Are Mainless Behavior, Axes and Arrows, The Gore Drinkers, and The Faded Fates. Oh my god, I know them. So, Unomia's kinda like, okay, um, <clears throat> are we bringing the whole, are we bringing the whole entourage here, or what's going on? And she's like pointing at like, <laughs> uh, your four house workers, Fiara and Casimir, Willow and Rush. Fiara and Casimir will attend, and they will be in their, uh, their like, Phoebe and whatever Casimir's disguises are. Phoebo. Casimir will, <laughs> yeah, Fiara will be like, my name's Phoebe, and Casimir will be like, my name's Casimir, uh, Kaz, uh, My name's Casimir. Casimir, Casimir. <laughs> yeah, my name's Casimir. Before the big game day, uh, you're kind of having a dinner where you know me, he's like, all right, well, eat up, and, uh, ah, this is gonna be a disaster. So... The day comes in which you guys all via carriage with, I guess, your entourage. Uh, you guys are getting ready to get in the carriage to go to the Sunset Arena for the Skinball Championship, sponsored by Lady Serafima Rousseau right, of the right. Polished Wall. Isn't it the semifinals and not the, the championship? It's like a championship tournament, kind yeah. of. Like, it's like only the top four are there, and then there's yeah. like a few games. Uh, as the whatever number of people that is, people go onto that carriage, you all make your way to the seventh. It is a. Uh, you do eventually get onto a transport pad where you get um, teleported closer. It's probably about an hour uh, drive in total. As you see, there are like swarms of people outside of this giant stadium. And this stadium, like, it, it is made of what looks like um, this very polished sandstone on the outside. Uh, that does seem to have what looks like would be the beginning netting of a dome, but it's not no glass at the top. It's kind of like what looks like these uh, almost like copper um, beams that kind of start to net in a circular shape, but there is no connecting at the top just to leave it open. But the, the streets are flooded. Like there has to be Volgard that push people aside so that your carriages can go through. 
it looks like you guys get there behind the gore drinkers. Behind you is maidenless behavior. So the people are like, oh, okay, maidenless behavior. Like, Codex like, is pressed up against the back, just like. <laughs> yeah. We're like, get it together, Codex. You gotta <laughs> shut up. Do you think they would sign my jersey? I love a strong woman just as much as the next guy, but you have to keep it together. <laughs> we can talk to them after. <laughs> as you guys kind of all get in and um, are kind of like treated to like a little like um, in your warm up. Everyone's in their warm up gear. You guys are all treated to like this like little mixer social meet the teams and like hang out and chill here while people get into the, the stadium this is time for people to place bets people to get in the stadium people to get their stuff as well as those who are sponsoring it like uh lady seraphima russo and the polished wall there are a lot of polished guards everywhere and you can't help but to think in this time as well there's probably a lot of false ivories here Mm. Especially like when, if you guys even get it, like as you're kind of getting ushered through by Volgards to like your little like, let the teams relax and eat and hang out for before the festive or before the games start, um, you do see what looks like some shady looking people behind the betting, the betting booths. I will say you do see at least one with a hand tattoo. Would you say that at this point, just because we made it to the semifinals and we have like a name kind of recognition already, we have a good amount of like support from- Oh yeah. Yeah, you, you have fans because some people are like, oh my god, these are the heroes that saved us. from I can't believe they're doing sports. Like I probably would be Terry before we came into Mixer because I don't want to tip off anyone or piss anyone off by being a different person when I enter the field. So Each coach brings their, their, their team away to kind of like, uh, you know, gather them for prep. As you know me, it's like, okay, let's talk about what our plans are, okay? And she kind of like like brings you all in, kind of talks about the different plays you guys could do and blah, 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 before you start to hear the roar of crowds from outside. There are two fields that will be played in in the Sunset Arena. These are going to be parallel games. Um, as you hear, probably like 20 minutes before it's your guys' time, you do hear like the announcement for like, Mainless Behavior and Axes and Arrows! Like kind of over on the side as people are cheering and roaring and ready to go. As you know, we are kind of like, okay, okay, they're starting. We're up soon. Does anybody have any concerns? And if Terry, you ask what the fuck a tower does again, I'm going to kick you in the balls. Okay? So don't do that. We all know the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm like slightly looking, yeah. like leaning to the side so I can see maidenless behavior. Like, like, yeah, like in like the. They're so like, like intro, like yeah. as they're running out onto the field being announced. She's kind of like. Hey. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Wash, uh, what does a tower do again? <laughs> um. <laughs> Terrence? Big shield make hurt. That. Okay. Okay. She hands you a shield. Yeah, goes over to Finley, hands you a shield. Gives the short swords provided to Issa and Shay. Looks at the other two people, Codex and Wash, be like... Codex just doesn't look away from Eunomia and offers Wash a fist bump. Wash definitely uh, bumps that fist. Nice. At that time, you start to hear, And for the second parallel game of the day, you hear, we're starting with Gore Drinkers! As you hear, like, people start, like, cheering and raring you guys go. And Eunomia's like, okay, it's you guys. Don't fuck this up, okay? Please, like, come on. (laughs) Hand in the middle. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but yeah, you can do it. I have a- Put your hand in the middle! <laughs> Put your hand in the middle! And when in doubt, have fun. On three, faded fates! One, faded fates! <laughs> <laughs> Two, three, faded fates. Faded fates! V2 kind of puts his paw in as well as Cinnamon flies up to like jump off. Yeah! So, you guys kind of like eventually you hear faded fates! As like you guys have to like kind of like, like do a little cheer and walk in as you're being followed by Unomia, V2, and Cinnamon. As you guys all like rush in and you see the gore drinkers who are there like just like standing. Like before they're kind of like, uh, now they're all looking at you like, 
Mm, like their hands are dipped in what looks like red paint and they, they they look like they put on war paint almost they look really like that's scary but like it's like they had a costume change almost <laughs> but as you guys like run out they, there's like a there's a quick moment of like a like the, the referee kind of comes up he's like oh both of you shake hands or whatever and make a good game yeah so you guys gonna go across um and looking onto the field it is a packed it is a packed stadium as you do see there are as well these very large boxes for one seraphima and her entire entourage, and she's kind of just sitting down and smiling, and she probably did that very, like, like, arrogant wave to you all. If you look around, you will see your, probably all of your, your, your friends and family are all there together. Estella and Rory are there, and Estella's like, she has a face of, like, concern, and she probably sees you, Terry, and you're not, you're gonna be like, are you gonna, like, just wait, like, hi, mom? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> You see her kind of, like, do that thing where, like, she's, like, they're, they're, they have pretty good seats, but, like, they're not, they're not super far out, but they have pretty good seats. But you kind of see that thing where she's, like, holding on to that, she, she goes, like, Terry! Like, dance! Like, it's- she's so mad at me. She's so mad at me, and I'm gonna get in so much trouble. <laughs> so, you all take your positions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the electrifying skinball match between the Faded Fates and the Gore Drinkers. Today's second parallel game, sponsored by Silly Simon's Telescending, promises to be an absolute spectacle. I am one of your commentators for this evening, Bill Tosser, here with my broadcasting partner, Chip Swingley. That's right, and you know, Bill, both teams have been on fire the past two weeks. Despite the rumors involving the Fates only getting as far as they did due to their patron, Lady Seraphima Rousseau, aka the funder of these final games and donator of the diamonds stated to be worth 22,000 gold pieces to the winners. Absolutely. If we weren't getting our own bag from bringing these games to you live via ZSP, I would suspect foul play from Burgermaster Russo trying to get her hands back on the prizes she gave away. Right, what's 22k big ones worth to her anyways? It's not like they grant wishes. Precisely, Chip, but nevertheless, the Fated Fates being known for their overtly strategic plays, textbook stuff from their veteran skinball coach, and the gore drinker's reputation for their raw power, it's gonna be a clash of styles out in the yard for sure. Well, faithful ZSB watchers who could not make it to the Sunset Arena today. Or afford it. Right. Well, either way, let's greet our teams. Up first are the Gore Drinkers, who have their usual lineup. Number four on Thief with 46 on Warden, 17 and 55 bracing there. Are those serrated bells for their towers? And Slapdash with red paint, 43 and 78 as their front rippers. And let me take you through a detailed look of our newbies for the season. Our ruthless rookies, the Faded Fates. In the position of Thief, we have number 77, Codex Sayori, team captain, and not unfamiliar to the skinball sport. Also with her, acting as Warden is number 48. Uh... Um, is his name really just Wash? Must be Bill, that's all I have on record too. Alrighty, well moving on for their towers, we have number 11, Terry Astonis, and number 33, Finley Day Galilee. Double trouble. And their front rippers are number 69, nice, Shea Erebos, and double zero, Isabella Balador. Well, Bill, looks like the ref has double O and 43 up for the toss-up. Oh! And with that, the Fates have possession of the ball thanks to the quick hands of Double O. Yeah, surprising a Balador has quick hands for anything other than money, Bill. Double O passes it to number 69, Erebos, who slices through the opposition with some deadly sword skills. The Gore Drinkers are desperately trying to defend their yard. A fierce clash on the field, Bill. The Gore Drinkers' towers are living up to their name, already knocking a faded fate out. The Fates are temporarily down in numbers already. The Drinkers have possession and are heading towards the Fates' yard, and oh, looks like 77 and 48 are having the Fates keep to their rookie 
lucky name. The Gore Drinkers have just scored two points within seconds of the start. Not a good way to start off the semifinals, Chip. They definitely did not want that to happen. The Fates have got to work fast if they want to make any meaningful headway going into the finals. Now with the reset of the field. And look at that move, Ergos rushes the ball around the Blood Pit, seemingly drawing both teams in. The Blood Pit is an absolute bloodbath, no pun intended. Both teams are fighting tooth and nail to gain possession of the skin ball. They're really trying to show who's the most dominant out there on the field. And look at that move, 69 ricochets off the bell, trying to gain an extra point if Day Galilee can sink it into the Drinker's grave and... Oh, intercepted by 78. The Drinkers are seemingly trying to seal the fate all puns intended of their opponents sidelining the pit and is warring completely and tossing it straight towards the fate's grave. But 48 catches it. 77 easily pulls back the grave, ensuring the two don't make the same mistake twice. All the while, the blood pit has been living up to its name, Bill. Both of the fate's towers and 43 have been expended during the attempt for a second goal on the fates. The sideline clerics are working their magic, trying to quickly heal them. For with these high-stake games to only three points, it really is a race against the clock and every moment counts. Out of this chaos, 69 emerges, skin ball in hand, showcasing incredible skill and determination. What a warrior! The fated fates are rallying, despite all odds thrown at them thus far. Oh, did you see that, Chip? The Gore Drinker's towers are not giving up just yet. 69 has the ball, but they are blocking her path, creating a defensive wall. Dang, do you think Erebos will be able to make it through? The Warden of the Gore Drinkers is on high alert. The Drinkers are fully prepared to block this throw. It's a close call, folks, and there it is. Erebos scores the three needed points from the Gore Drinker's yard. Yes! With the swift spin, avoiding the towers and launching the skin ball from the opposing yard, securing the win with a single goal for the Faded Fates. What a spectacular play, and the crowd goes wild in the Sunset Arena tonight, Chip. Incredible performance by Erebos. That swift thinking got the fates into the finals with one throw. You betcha, Chip, but I'm getting word from our producer that unsurprisingly, the frontrunners for basically every season we've been announcing, maidenless behavior, have bested axes and arrows five to zero. Jeez, five? That's overkill, Bill. Well, I haven't been overkill, Bill, since my skin ball days, but you're right, Chip. Serious overkill. Let's just say the clerics over on the parallel field are trying to find enough diamonds to cast Revivify twice for the axes and arrows. Well, dang, part of me wishes we were announcing for that game built, but I'm sure the finals between Maidenless Behavior and the Faded Fates will be a bloodbath for sure. See all of you ZSB watchers after the break. Welcome back, CSB fans. We're witnessing the skinball finals of a lifetime. The Faded Fates face off against the undefeated Maidenless Behavior. This promises to be a game for the ages. The excitement and tension throughout the now single large field on the Sunset Arena is palpable. Well, we are off already. Looks like Maidenless Behavior is first out on the scene. With their usual lineup, number 84 is on Thief, matched with 99 on Warden. The towers are 22, and oh, look at this, Bill. Number 13, Barreling Balia, is paired tower. And of course, they have Salad, number 66 with the maidenless captain Tosh number seven as their front rippers. If nothing, the behaviors are known for being the most captivating and deadly women of Sobraria. No kidding, Balia, Sala, and Tosh were actually in some hot water for they were behind the play in the round robin that ended up decapitating Eagles player number negative zero, making gentle repose necessary to be cast since her head was split into four and launched miles from the field. Hey, so you know the behaviors being the favorites of the league and fans all over, they definitely seem to get special treatment when it comes to ref calls. Well, considering that the bull of the Onyx Obscurity are Raytheon Burke has been their patron for this past season. My guess is they're going to get away with anything and everything in this finale game, Bill. Here come the fates. It seems like some positions have changed, though, Chip. Number 7, number 69, and number 11 are in the same positions, but we now have number 33 as a ripper, 48 as a tower, and double O on warden duty. Alrighty, starting the game. Looks like they have 7 versus 69 for the toss-up. And right from the kickoff, the behaviors are already displaying some questionable moves. Magic, blatant fouls, you name it. But strangely, the referees seem to be turning a blind eye 
to it all. One kick punch before the whistle to Erebos' chest, and the behaviors have the ball. Indeed, the Faded Face are going to have a hard time keeping up, constantly on the defensive against these behaviors and what they'll get away with. Oh, what's this? It seems like Double O Balador is called for a timeout and is arguing with the ref? She must really think that surname carries weight on this field, Chip. Unfortunately for her and for the rest of the Fates, Bill, the weight it carries is a yellow card for her because the Fates' behavior will never be disregarded like maidenless behavior. And the game resumed. Ooh, look at that. 69 is dodged an almost illegal stab in the blood pit from 66 and used the blood of her swords to hit at the behavior's captain's teeth. Seems like one of those silver sharpened chompers has hit the turf and resulted in yet another yellow card for the Fates. It is unbelievable bias on the field tonight, Bill. The Faded Fates can't catch a break, but they probably should do their best to just play as true as they can in lines with the rulings of the game rather than stooping to the behavior's level because so far, it's not working out for the Fates. Endless behavior continues their relentless assault and Chip, it's not just a game for them. It's personal. They're out for blood and the Faded Fates are feeling the heat. Oh, and a brilliant counterattack by the Fates. 69, despite the card and the blatant cheats from the behaviors, manages to break through the ladies' defenses and there it is! A spectacular score yet again from Erebos! Oh wait, the referees are being told to question the goal by their behaviors and seemingly, Tash is bringing in her team. My guess is she's enacting a plan to truly rip up their competition. Looks like you're right, Bill. Number 13, Balia, is barreling straight for 11 and ooh! Tosses her sharpened bell right into his stomach, knocking him all the way towards his own grave. I'm hoping you mean the one on the field and not his actual grave, Chip. Well, me too, Bill, but look at the kid out there. It's like, is he deflating like a balloon? Not sure, Chip, but this has surprisingly earned the behaviors their very first yellow card of the season. Yes, and it seems like Eleven is trying to get sideline healing from the clerics, but to no avail. Poor guy can't seem to find the clerics anywhere on the field. I mean, it can't be like they vanished, right, Chip? Who's to say, Bill? But what I'm really focusing on more now is that number 77 on the fates is abandoning Double O alone at the grave to help out her rippers in the blood pit as number 33 gets possession of the skin ball. It looks like right smack in the middle of the pit as number 77 dashes into the fray. The behavior's captain has stopped her in her tracks with a sword to the throat. Number 33, Day Galilee, could throw towards the behavior's grave right now, winning the fates the game, but is being stopped by the decision to help 77 or not. It's nail-biting, folks. The championship hangs in the balance, but let's send one of our scrying eyes for a close shot in on what's going on. If they're all just, like, if they're all down the field, I'm gonna be like, Issa, the medics are gone! Like, don't get fucking hurt out there! Do I have the sense they're gonna kill Codex? <laughs> uh, I I what are my spidey you senses? <laughs> the medics are gone. The medics aren't here anymore! <laughs> well, Finley can be here, because... We, we whispered down there. Roll, roll perception. 18. Yeah, you hear it. Tosh, the medics are gone. If you kill her, she's dead. Captain to captain, don't do it. <laughs> I'm the captain. Oh. Codex is the captain. Don't Got kill it. the other captain. Got it. Roll persuasion. Oh shit, am I good at that? Can I get big doe eyes? <laughs> if this doesn't work, yeah. he's casting a spell. <laughs> oh god. Modify 20. <laughs> <laughs> Take a place then. Finley, just like... score the fucking ball! Finley, you have the ball, just score. He says walking out of the ward. Finley's going to happening. run up, and then before he leaves his spot, throw the ball, and then stick the, like, cut the blade down his arm. You're not going to be able to take it. I'll tell you what happens. Yeah. Odds are even. Yeah. You got this. Uh, evens. Odds. Uh, and you said evens? Okay, you try to sco score first. 43% chance. Come on, come on, come on. You got this. What do I have to get below? You have to get 43 or lower. 24! <laughs> okay. I was writing a spell this whole time. I know, what are you going to cast? Whole person. Yeah. So you're casting a whole person on Tosh? Yeah. So wisdom save. It's a wisdom save. I got 13. That's not it. <laughs> That's not That's it. Not it. Not it's it. like 15 or 16. So, 
I'm going to take what you've all said, and I'm going to describe what the fuck happens. All right, the dice have been rolled, and the actions have been said what they want to do. Tosh is going to walk up to you, Codex, yep. and put a sword down, and Finley says, stop, the medics aren't there, and she goes, take her place then, um, to take a damage. And you kind of like, I can do that. As you prep up Finley to take the skin ball and chuck it, and run, in, like, run into her sword to take it on your arm. Codex is going to turn to be like, Finley, stop! As she turns, like, at that point, Tasha's already stepping on her back to, like, go past her. As Issa casts hold person on Tosh with her sword out, and you're running to get the ball on, as the sword goes through your neck. Finley. In this crazy moment of noise and shock and glory and horror. There is the crowd going wild for for the score that you made, which was in the blood pit, which makes the win against Maidless Behavior. As everybody around sees Finley like like on the sword and on the sword for a good while until I'm just gonna say Issa, like seeing that probably breaks breaks sure, your yeah. concentration as you let go and Tosh like <laughs> out of Finley's neck, like in a little bit of shock herself as you just <laughs> dead. The thing that only Unomia and Terrence will notice is oh, Cinnamon God. going and then fizzling into fire. Oh. <gasps> oh, Cinnamon. Codex is going to shove Tosh <laughs> off of her. Yeah, Tosh is like stunned. Yeah, she just shoves her and off Tosh and like <laughs> runs over to Finley. I need to go to Finley. Yeah. Um, she like runs over and she like, kind of like <laughs> Slides in, like kneeling slides in. Everything for a moment just feels like quiet amongst the raucous noise. She like slides over and he's just kind of like blinking. Everything looks blurry. He's crying because the pain. Oh, no. He can't really talk really well because he's got stabs in the throat. But Codex comes over and he goes, <coughs> and he coughs blood up. <coughs> Who's there? She like, like panic looks over at Watch and like kind of grabs you by the face. And she's like, Finley, it's okay. It's Codex. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna get you back. It's okay. Oh. Well, I would do it for you half or whole, just knowing. The kind of, like, redness of his cheeks kind of go away, and he already has one, like, gray eye, but both the gray and the light blue eye kind of both desaturate. He's just, like, frantically trying to find her mom. Like, frantically trying to find her mom in the crowd. Uh, Wash is going to whip his shield to the ground and try to uh, healing hand Finley. She just starts shaking. You know me, like, runs out. I was like, you guys did... What the fuck? Yeah, Codex is like crying and she's kind of like hold, like cradling her face and she's just like, Finley, like, Wash, you can bring him back. You did it before, you got, you, brought, you got me back, so just do it again. Wash already tried. <laughs> just try harder, you can do it. I, I can't do more than this. If Issa's running off the, the, the field, Terrence is going to meet her at the, at the end and be like, who do we find? My mom, you have to find my mom, she can do it. Okay, we'll find, we'll find her, we'll find her, okay? Finley's dead, we need to find my mom! Okay, okay, well, I'll go find your mom, you go that way, I'll go this way, I'll find your mom, okay, we're gonna go find- so we'll split up and go find whoever we can find. Codex, if you look back to, like, your group of people, you already see, like, Fiara and Casimir, like, Rush and Willow are jumping over the, the rows to come down to you. After she's done slightly yelling at Wash, um, she kind of, like, realizes when you're like, that's all I, I can't do, like, this is all I can do. She gets this, like, weird look on her face where she's just, like, she's, like, almost realizing something, and then she kind of, like, turns back to Finley and she's still holding her face. Um, 
And she kind of, like, puts her forehead down against yours, and she's like, I've done it before and I can do it again. You're a great and powerful druid, and I am the fucking Hexleap! And she's gonna just, like, try and will something to happen. Roll so- uh, roll- <laughs> Um... <laughs> that hit me in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that works, so I'm crying! <laughs> What's your, uh, what's your spell modifier? Uh, plus eight, I think. Like, what, what, what's the skill? Uh, charisma. Charisma save. <gasps> What'd you get? Tell me it's not a critical fail. It's a critical fail. It's a critical- no! What the fuck? Oh! I have Tides of Chaos. Yeah. I can give myself advantage. Oh, there you go. The cock. That's a six. <clears throat> oh. What's that plus? Uh, plus eight. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. I yeah, could, what did we uh, get for our rolls? Twenty. Twenty. Natural twenty. Uh, Shay? Sixteen. Terrence? Twelve. Can we say that we all kind of coalesce at the same time at the field? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, by that time, you Shay is probably right with, like, Codex and Finley. Wash, I'm sure you're there, and Terrence is right by, and you're, you're coming onto the field. Codex. Mm. <laughs> With your 14 for your charisma save, uh, for saying I'm the Hexleap and you're a strong and powerful mighty druid, um, there is this pull at your chest and you kind of like, if you were, are you, you're already on, like, on your knees basically, right? Yeah, she's like there. You kind of just get, like, kind of like pulled a little bit to the ground as you hear this tunk that kind of goes, like it kind of echoes through the top as you hear something like hit. The ceiling of the the, the under the underneath rooms beneath you, um, as you just hear like this, ding, ding, and your eyes kind of just <laughs> as white just like surrounds you. Oh no! Um, and you're dead. So next. oh no, no it's okay. <laughs> you see this kind of like it's almost like history rushes past you really quick. You see what looks like this small earth with like a small island here and there that then like blows up and kind of goes around. It's like you see the world of Sodona before any conflict and then all the way through like you see rains, like firestorms and and floods and tsunamis and and earthquakes and other things before the building of cities and then gets destroyed by gods kind of appearing and they're gone and then you see what comes around you is like society rebuilding itself and there's a moment of where the sky goes red because of the sun goes red and there's a lot of things that kind of rush all past you like you're on a conveyor belt like really quickly before you are standing before this tall being and this tall being looks almost like the best way i can describe them is they look like a lady in white uh they're made of pure like almost like brass colored light almost like if you took the like an orange color and used a light pen around their neck and around their their hands are red ribbons the same type of scarlet you saw on the Lady of Want, and the same one that was dis- that you saw come out of Issa's eyes during the fight in Balthazar, and the same that Issa described with Othamir, mm. as well as some of the same descriptions of the 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 after image of the four variant. What? She probably just kind of like stands up and like <laughs> wipes her face because she's still crying, and just kind of like blink and like squints at this like bright figure. And she's like, "Who? Who are you?" My name is Lolena, also known as the Immolator. Cool. And that kind of like boom boosts around you. The Immolator does not is not a light title. Oh, so you do like fire and stuff? No, I do change and sacrifice. She's like, that that makes sense then why I'm here. 
So does this mean I have to make a wish? What do you want? Oh, if, the, if I answer that, that's not a wish, right? No, I'm not. Yes. I mean, no. What, yes or no? It's not. No. I'm asking you, what do you want? I want my friend back. Is that what you'd like to wish? Yeah, I'm just worried about wording in a way that won't hurt anybody. Why would it hurt someone? Um, because wishes sometimes go wrong. She kind of like, you know, like cocks her head to the side as a sh like a half shrug. In some cases. Um, if you have suggestions, <laughs> friend kind of lost a lot of people too. So you want your friend back, or the people that they lost? Well, both, if possible, but I don't know how any of this works. Tell me of your friend. Okay, so <laughs> she just kind of like, well, it's Codex, so she's going to tell a very long, <laughs> but yes, it's a very long winding story full of sniffles. But yeah, she like, she talks about what she knows of Finley's family and the fact that his mom was like crazy powerful or something and protected a lot of people and um, that Finley... At first, like, she probably was like, at first I didn't really know what was up with him, because he came off kind of weird, and I wasn't sure if we could trust him, because there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in our life, and then, you know, it's like, it, time goes on, and you meet people, and you talk to them more, and yeah, I, you know, he's really cool and nice, and we've talked a lot about stuff, and, you know, he was there for me when I was freaking, I mean, I'm still freaking out, and... I think she, like, starts to kind of do that thing where she, like, starts her ramble and then she kind of, like, course corrects herself. She's trying to be there, because she's also like, this is yeah. And she's still trying to be serious about this whole thing and not let herself get lost. She talks about Finley for a while and everything that we've kind of been through. Not everything, but, like, all the stuff that we've done so far. And she's like, he's, like a lot of people in our group, I think he's very willing and ready to sacrifice himself to save others, which I think is very noble and good, but also... From what it sounds like, it sounds like he already did. Yeah. Yeah, I know, it's really sad. I think I'm dying, it's like, yeah. You explain everything about what you know. Yeah. I think whatever wish you think makes the most sense, I think you'll get what you want. It's probable that I don't know what is right and what is good to say. You have someone who is willing to do change and sacrifice already. I'm pretty sure you can wish him back easily. And I'm sure there's a way. Change is ever-flowing. Nothing stays the same. And you kind of look at like the domain around her when you don't focus on it. It seems to be just like white. But when you do focus on it, again, it looks like it's just like Zodona's change. Like, mm -hmm. like resetting and going around again and going around again. But then when you don't focus on it, it kind of like blurs out into white. I think it's a simple wish. Wishing back. That way you're sacrificing a different wish, aren't you? You could be someone who wasn't wishing for something so morally up high. You could wish for riches. You could wish for... A new house. A better life. Thousands and thousands of partners. You're wishing for something noble. 
So you're sacrificing a selfish wish. I think that suffices enough for the payment you need. I'm assuming you talk about like, and I know that your diamonds like potentially like fit with what you your themes are. Yeah. I think it already fits in theme. She kind of just like walks in a circle with her like hands pressed into her eyes, just so she's trying to fucking think, and also Sydney's trying to think. Why complicated? Change doesn't need to be complicated. <sighs> she's kind of like when she's walking around and just like has her hands pressed into her eyes and she's trying to think. And I think she's just spiraling into this, like, it's too complex, it's too complex. And she just kind of just, like, stops and just, like, puts her hands down and just, like, she's like, fine. Um, and she kind of turns back and she just kind of has this, like, look of just, like, okay. And she just says, I wish Finley and his family were alive. She kind of nods as you watch what looks like, like, large gold, uh, almost like large gold wires around her kind of break. And from her stomach, a diamond pops out that just kind of comes into your hands. As it kind of comes out and into your hands, as she kind of like fades away, and so does the change around you. Nowadays, just like this white area that you watch as the diamond kind of fizzles away. But as it fizzles away, you do see what looks like Finley and semi-transparent behind him, his family. And it looks like you see this vision of like them this engulfing warm flame around them, but not in a horrible way. And then you see it kind of like zoom all the way over to Cal Crater, which it then like descends back into the crater. But it gives you this feeling of they're not, they're not alive, but they could be, and Finley might know how. Mm. As you kind of like, you wake up, as I'm sure washes over you and everybody else is over you, literally down in the ground on her knees between you and Finley as Fiara going, Wake up! Wake up! And she's like, she's like freaking out and Kaz is trying to like calm her and then you're probably trying to calm Kaz who's like, I am calm. You both probably at the same time um, as Fiara's probably gonna like, like kind of jump back and then Kaz's mirror is just gonna like pull her up and like move her to between, between himself and Issa. I wrap an arm around Codex and Finley and hug them so tight. <laughs> you guys are what looks like in like your own like holding quarters right now. Finley like shoots up, just goes. <laughs> oh my god! Don't either of you ever do that again. Did we win? <laughs> oh my god! We won. You were great. Shut up. Is Wash tearing up? <laughs> oh, a little. Finley just kind of like smiles and like. Puts a hand on Wash's shoulders and goes, My death counts one, two. Uh, you. My death counts two. Is it a competition? Really? Is it? Come on. Terrence is like openly weeping and is like, I don't care, you're both fucking alive. And he just like pulls you all in like at once and is like, just puts all of our heads together and is like. Yeah, after the moment of you guys like releasing, Casimir probably like leans over to you and says, So we're assuming a diamond probably did that. Yes. <laughs> you watch him like take out a little piece of paper and just oh my God. <laughs> like he just like marks it. <laughs> With you guys kind of like all sitting around being warm and happy, you do eventually kind of have it all stop for a second as you just hear like a. I have to just look up somewhere, you know. Right. Well done. Faded fades. Before she like walks in, the, the slow clap gives Casimir and Fiara enough time to Phoebe and Casimir it up. Um, you catch me? Really? Yeah. Your parents and your family and parents are probably not in this immediate room. Probably uh, uh, Eunomia and your house staff and Fiora and Casimir are in here. 
Seraphima walks in holding a diamond, and behind her is her entire entourage minus Dark Fury. Oh, I was going to flirt with him. Where's the bitch boy? I'm actually happy with this. Is he still patching up his neck? <laughs> I'm not saying that. So what happened to the other diamond? Will this be my payment as your benefactor? I don't think that's how benefactors work, actually. We were operating <laughs> without your guidance, so this is probably ours. And you know it costs diamonds to bring someone back to life. Fair. But, um... I also was the one who paid off all the teams to lose to you on purpose in the round robin. <laughs> She's already sad. And you paid off the medics to leave so that we were left there to die? No, why would I ever do that? I just think I need to be paid my due, as it should be quid pro quo. I just think your due is the fact that you represent heroes and now skinball tournament winners. I think that's enough of a bit of a pride jump for you. And isn't it the whole point of a benefactor to, like, fund the people? That's, like, your whole thing, is you fund the people, they do good in your name, and then you get, like what Shay said, the prize from that. So... Okay, fine. I'll keep the diamond and it'll keep her alive. Who? Terence's face falls. Do you want to elaborate? One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> what the seven? And then she kind of like gives that like. Duh. Kind of like a dumb question coming from the person who fun- funds them. I'm the odd one out. And might I say, this is my first time meeting you. Looking at you close, can I, or first name basis, or should I add the lady? I know who you are, Finn and Dick out there. And might I say, you look a lot like your dad. <laughs> Will you look the same when you go out too? <laughs> Wash is gonna dap Finley up right after this. Here's the thing. I look forward to one day looking down. It won't be today. It's very fun for me to do it to you actively. Well, as the person who just died, that's not much of a win. Maybe you should, like, you want to leave the room and think about a new rebuttal? I'll give you time. Wait. I grab Finley on the shoulder. I'm like, she has Kanye. Stop. And there's death. And I have it. Which means this diamond's worth more than the gold I want from it. Well, you get the diamond. She stays alive. But just know, outside of this bargain, you and I. (laughs) I think the whole purpose of funding this competition. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Terrence. Weren't you supposed to be the smart one? The, the prize was to give us the prize because we won. I'm sorry, do you not realize the conversation has surpassed the, um... <laughs> the facade we've all been feigning this entire time, Terrence? I thought you were a scientist. Obviously I'm talking about <laughs> other things than me just giving you a diamond, and now I know from these baseless threats this diamond is more worth than gold. So yes, I will be keeping it, and I will make sure that Cornelia stays alive for the time being. Is she still holding it in front of her? Uh, she is. Miss Alana is right next to her, um, as well as Eileen Brisea. The we should not are... do anything right no, now. I know, they're terrified. I was wondering why this diamond was making me feel more than just hunger for gold. Oh, you feel? Bizarre. When she says that you feel like this pervasion of, of the of the uh, diamond that makes you all like either whatever you think your character would in the sense of money, worry, get excited, want 
hunger for it, money, fortune, wealth, fame. How far away are they? How far? They're pretty, we're like in a small room, right? Ten feet. I'm gonna dash over to the diamond, touch it, and say, I wish for myself and all the ones I love to be safe. Oh. That's spicy, I love it. It's spicy, but this could be bad because I doubt it's gonna work. I know, but we're gonna try. Shay, can you make a uh, dex save? And then, depending on the roll, a wisdom save. Okay, so 23 was my dex save. And then that is a... Uh, okay, that's a 21 for wisdom. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, your dex save will just... You'll you see 23, right? Mm-hmm. You'll just save. Because, and to preface this, her entourage are being beefed by magical things. So these are unnatural saves. Like, or like yeah. unnatural DCs. Yeah. <laughs> your wisdom will fail. Um, what is the wisdom against? What do you mean? Is it a spell? Is it spell. A, an action? It's a whole person spell. Counter spell. Counter spell? What level? Is it a subtle spell? Yes. Uh, oh, you can't. You can't. Counter subtle. Spell, subtle. Uh, sorry, yeah, I can't. only said it Why is everybody a fucking sorcerer? <laughs> <laughs> damn it! She's a wizard, but yeah. Why does she get subtle spell then? Because they. Ch- Why does Seraphima have dark vision? I hate it here. Because they take things. They take things. They take things from me. All I can do is react. They're little takers. Shay, when you dash in, and like, I'm gonna say you dash in, we'll start, you will start phrasing the words before you touch. As she runs forward and starts to phrase, I wish that all my friends and loved ones are safe, and she like reaches out towards the diamond. Miss Alana will like, you'll see her like basically like, like almost like something out of her pocket she like lets loose that tries to trip Shay, and she like stumbles over it, but still successfully still goes before, right before touching the diamond, like literally an inch less, maybe a centimeter. You watch as Eileen Brisea, like just this flick of pink comes out and hits Shay, and Shay like. <gasps> So there's wishes. Wonderful. Well, whenever we have to meet next, she kind of stores it into her, what looks like, you see it kind of like, into what looks like something that must be a bag of holding. As she just tucks it into her dress. We must meet up soon to talk about all of the, as she's kind of turning around, all of the things with your adventures and how you're helping people. You definitely helped someone today, if you would have taken that wish. I would have sent you Cornelia's hat. Goodbye. Question as yeah. she's walking out. Is a, a bag of holding an open container? No. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. Is it locked? Is it locked? Yeah. No. Mitch Hand can open containers. It can. You would have to, but she 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 drawstring the bag and then put it in her dress. You'd have to, like. What if you had multiple Mitch Hands? <laughs> what if I can twin spell? No, 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 no. I can twin spell. <laughs> Did your boy talk not tell you about the wishes? She'll stop and turn back. No, it seems he'd been injured at an uh, oh. event. Oh. Oh, the Fat Club. When he was trying to get another diamond to use the wish. And he submitted to us. And he surrendered. And then walked away with his tail between his legs. Rob and Brissette, did you know about this? No. Mr. No, Sorry. they kind of left. Because Dark Fury kind of... Yeah. They were actually there, but Dark Fury kind of... I don't know what he did, but... So while Issa's talking to her, I would like to subtle spell mage. <laughs> it's that ugly ass time. Who knows? Maybe I'll wish myself queen. And that's where we're gonna end today's session. Oh, what a hate this bitch. Tool. I hate her. The Table is Yours releases episodes in video and podcast format every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific. You can follow The Table is Yours everywhere by the handle at TTIYDND. 
Thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the table next time.